Hello, and welcome to the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma, TraumaCast series. I'm your host, Dr. Baba Aksarani, Associate Professor of Surgery at the George Washington University. Joining us today is Dr. Scott Saygraves, Chief of Acute Care Surgery at the University of Missouri in Kansas City and the current president of EAST. EAST has embarked on a journey to expand its mission, and we will be discussing the goals of this effort today with the president of the society. Welcome. Let's start by asking you to describe what it is that EAST and the board of directors are trying to do. Well, first, Dr. Sarani, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and joining you today. Um, in, in a word, relevance. Uh, when I took over as president, I saw some concerns, or I had some concerns, that we were drifting away from our mission statement. And the East mission statement, basically, and you'll see it on the website, you'll see it in your program books, is, is a scientific organization providing leadership and development for the young surgeon active in the care of the injured patient. And this is through interdisciplinary collaboration, scholarship, and fellowship. And I found, I thought we were getting a little bit away from that mission. So I tasked the board this year to become more relevant and challenge the board members in their committee work and their directorships at large to be more relevant and to connect more with our members. So with that end, it was great a couple years ago to see the celebration of the 25th anniversary of East, but things change. And we think, and it's my personal opinion, that we have to change with them. Um, some of our strategies to do that was I had a strategic planning committee meeting um, back in March, and we came up with um, some core goals uh, to maintain that relevance. And those strategic planning initiatives that came out of that meeting were looking at the governance, governance of the organization, how people can become present, how they can participate. Next goal was looking at our IT strategy. You know, you've been doing a lot with these trauma casts and using the, the technology that's out there, but we're probably behind even. And East historically has been the tip of the spear, has been the leader in these things, trying new things, using what the younger person is using. Um, So seeing that with the young people coming out, having two, three, four devices, there's different technologies with association management, that was one of the strategic initiatives that came out for this IT usage. The annual meeting. How is that going to play? How is that going to be relevant in this day and age of electronic media? Look at what you're doing with TraumaCast. Is our annual meeting going to cease to exist? Something we have to think about. And I have challenged the group in this strategic planning meeting to come up with some things that we can chart for the organization to move forward. The final one is looking at a brand. And that, to me... Um, is something that, is it still relevant? So, th- so these are really vital points, and hopefully we can address each of them uh, in turn. Let me start with the last one. So one of the challenges East has is its very name. 
um, a lot of physicians and industry partners um, working on the East Foundation side now think that East is actually geared to members on the East Coast only, and clearly that's not the case. How do we overcome this incorrect perception without actually changing the name? Well, you bring up an excellent point, and as part of this strategic initiative, one of the core, four core things was to look at the brand. And what I've challenged is to have incoming president or president-elect Kim Davis lead that group. And she's handpicked a group of individuals to look at our brand. That might include changing the name, quite honestly. I'm not sure what they're going to come up with, but it may be time for that. Um, also, um, is the, the rising sun that is linked to our organization up to date is irrelevant anymore it's something to consider uh, we're also talking about and we've currently enacted this had several meetings west of the mississippi so that has allowed the members to see that we're just not a florida-based organization we're not just a disney world-based organization and our central office is located in Chicago uh, within the American College of Surgeons building. So I'm hoping between those type of things, the membership can start seeing that we are more of a national organization. I hope our corporate you know, sponsors and incoming fellows will get an idea of a more national organization. And at the end of the day, I think Dr. Davis, who just had a um, branding subcommittee meeting here at the um, in San Francisco, is talking about a members-wide survey to see what they really think of the, the brand, what they think of the name, and um, see if it's really time to make it more relevant. That may include a change. Now, East is one of the few societies in trauma that welcomes non-surgeon members. It's partnered, as you already said, with the STN to include nursing. Um, it allows anesthesiologists and non-surgeon members. Um, some think this dilutes the core membership and point out that the Society of Critical Care Medicine, as an example, is so inclusive and so big that it really dilutes its physician membership. And the, the doctors think there's no, there's no um, uh, strategy or guidance. Um, what is the sweet spot between being appropriately inclusive and being just too big? Well, I, I think you've, you've are hitting a very probing question. For me, uh, as I stated already, this year has been about relevance. And I think our, our strategic planning group really got together and said, we're not looking to expand the mission. We're expanding you know, bring, trying to bring it closer to home and make it more relevant. So with that being said, um, East does cap its non-surgeon membership, their, their associate members, and that includes nurses, that includes some ED physicians, anesthesiologists, nurse practitioners, physician's assistants. But when you think about that, those people who want to join East are taking care of the injured patient. And so since we're focusing on the young trauma surgeon, where do those people learn from? Or where do they participate in the care of the injured patient? It's not in a silo. It's with a team. So it made sense to me to invite 
these other people who are actively involved in the care of the injured patient to become a member of our organization. And yet, within our bylaws and our mission statement, we're capping those associate members so we don't dilute the core membership with the young trauma surgeon. That being said, our membership's ranks are continuing to swell. The last three or four meetings, annual meetings, we've had record attendance. So I think we're right at that sweet spot now that we're focusing on the young trauma surgeon, being somewhat inclusive in others who take care of the injured patient, and yet maintaining our relevance to the majority of our members who are trauma surgeons and taking care of that acute patient. But you don't think that anytime soon the governance structure that you mentioned uh, is undergoing review will change such that a non-surgeon will be eligible to go on to the presidency or the board of directors? That's, that's, I can say for almost a fact that will not happen because I chair the governance task force from this strategic initiative and I've included uh, close to a dozen members um, and they're all uh, participating in the governance structure and it will be a refocusing, it will be a more efficient structure, but it is not including anything to break away from that mission statement that I already talked about. And it's working to make the board more efficient and yet focus on that, that mission statement that really does everything that we do or guides everything we do. Now, that being said, are we looking to expand memorandums of understanding with other groups? Absolutely. But what that does is it gets the East name out there with these other groups, allows us to participate in their programming, and yet not diluting our meeting from some of the things that you're implying that, that may potentially happen I just don't see that happening with the refocus on, on the mission statement. Well, I can certainly see your point, and, I've, and I know there's a lot of intersection rivalry that can be set up as governance changes from one discipline to the other. And, uh, and East is, I think, still sufficiently small and sufficiently honed to be efficient. Um, so I can definitely see some of the points that you're raising. Um, let me kind of direct you a little bit differently now. Um, I recently encouraged one of my residents to join East. Now, he's a good guy, really very gung-ho trauma surgeon to be, and uh, I certainly hope he pursues his, uh, his uh, talents. But he challenged me right back, and he said, uh, why should I join East? He said, look, everything the society offers is basically free and open access. The practice management guidelines, which are probably the best product, at least in my opinion, that East offers, open access. The job and fellowship board, which I used when I was looking for a fellowship and a job, open access. This podcast, open access. And then he said, I can even get the Journal of Trauma for free through the university library, open access. So how do we go about attracting new young members and why should this guy pay? Great, great question. Um, I look at it as the reason I joined, because it's a place to belong. Um, And that's what I would challenge you to take back to your young faculty member, your fellow. It's a place to belong. And with that, The association, um, when you come to the meetings, when you belong to East, you have the opportunity to meet people, meet the giants, meet your heroes, if you will, on an even playing field. 
I tell a story. I was a fellow in training, went to my first East meeting, hadn't even joined the organization yet. We had programming that allowed good science in the morning. And in the afternoon, what did I do? I walk out to the pool with my family, young at the time, and there's Don Trunkey sitting there, guest lecturer, having a sandwich, holding court. Fantastic place to belong. You can't get that in open access. And you can't get that at some of the other trauma organizations where you're in a suit and tie, there's a hierarchy, there's this. It's a level playing field and a place to belong. That being said, it also gives you opportunity as that young, maybe first job faculty member or fellow in training. How many times have you really presented in front of a 200, 300, 500 member you know, audience? Gets your first opportunity to present. Also, you have the chance to get onto some committee work. Maybe your first job, you're not really administratively involved. But with this governance structure changes or the current structure, you tell that young fellow, he, chance to belong. Be with like-minded thinking people and then get on a committee and show their ideas and participate. Another thing is chance to publish. We at East have a publish, uh, you know, publishing committee or publications committee that helps that new fellow, that young faculty member, edit their paper, review their paper, and because of that publications committee, we're having an improved um, level of um, acceptance in the major journals. So there's very, there's a lot of reasons to join, not to minimize things like networking, meeting mentors, establishing friendships, or renewing those friendships from your training. So. In a nutshell, place to belong and a place to participate. Yeah, so I have to say that's exactly, uh, I'm not sure I gave him all those answers, but those were some really good points you raised, some of which I had given back to him. And at least in my own experience, this is exactly what East bought me. Um, I was just some guy who didn't know a whole lot of people and just hanging out at the meeting, having the opportunity to meet people. And now that I'm the trauma director, I will say that having had the opportunity to meet many of the more senior established trauma surgeons who are site visitors uh, does help. Uh, There's a lot of uh, intangible benefit to being a member of the society for uh, what I would consider to be very little cost. You don't get that all in open access. You know, sometimes it's great to have a, you know, share a sunrise session with somebody. And then you come up and and say, you know, I'm doing some research on that. And then the next, next year you're talking and you're bringing your ideas. And so I really, I really think you're right. It's a place to belong, a place to network, a place to have interaction, face-to-face things. This day and age, you know, what's happening? You know, we're electronic media, people are texting, people are doing this. There's a chance to have a handshake, talk with somebody, share a cup of coffee, and, and really participate. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I completely and totally agree with you. Uh, and I think that's probably one reason why the annual meeting will never go away and, and frankly should never go away, even if we can sound a little cast it over whatever media. Um, well, in just a few minutes that we have left, I figured I was going to uh, ambush you a little bit. 
Um, let's change gears for a second and actually get back to the world of trauma and away from the uh, East governance. Um, this week, when, you know, when I wrote this question, uh, the question is already outdated because since I wrote this question three nights ago, there's been yet another mass shooting event in the country. Um, as many people know, I work at George Washington University in Washington, D.C. We had the mass casualty shooting at the uh, Naval Complex. Uh, and it was very reminiscent of 9-11, although on a much, much smaller scale in that the entire city, my trauma center, mobilized uh, a lot of resources only to find everyone's dead. Last night on September 19th, uh, 2013, there was a mass shooting event in South Chicago. 13 people hit. One of them is a young, very young child shot to the head for God knows what reason. Um, do you think that any of the trauma societies, East, WAST, West, ACSCOT, whatever, any of the trauma sites will ever put out a position statement advocating for gun control. We all talk about it at the bar. Every single one. Of, I have never met a trauma surgeon in my life who said guns are good. And yet the societies are silent. Well, when I took over presidency, we had just gone through the Connecticut shooting. Uh, that was that fall. Uh, I was assuming the presidency in January. In response, an emotional response, both by our president and by other societies, uh, was an emotional response. Limit this, limit that, take away this. And they put it out without really many facts other than the, what you just stated, the, the severe loss of life and, and that. I looked at that and I said, you know, I know some of many of our members are gun owners. You know, some of my best friends in the organization have handguns. That's their right. They're doing it legally. So I thought about that and I said, can I, as a president of a national trauma organization, respond in somewhat of emotional non-data-driven response to this, how would the other members feel? Would I be alienating them? Would I really be impacting anything to non-members? So I thought about that, and I held off initiating a statement. But what I did have is I had our injury prevention team uh, headed up by Brick Christmas to start looking into the data and the literature and any kind of material that's out there so that EAST, the home of the practice management guideline, can take some data-driven research and put it out there. Not as a political statement or as a, you should do this or do that, but here's the data that's out there and hopefully, by having a data-driven, non-emotional response, that we can lead the charge to give the politicians and our local law enforcement and those type of people data to you know, enact things that would help curfew the you know the violence well so that, I, I totally agree with that yeah. and that's why you're the president of the society and i'm not because you're more uh, reasoned and uh calm um however 
So the ACS mandates, of course, that we all at, at each trauma center level have a injury prevention and outreach coordinator. What the country as a whole doesn't know, as until very recently with Obama's executive action, there was a gag order placed on the NIH and the CDC, such that if they funded any form of research in gun control, their budget was decreased by that dollar amount the subsequent year. I wonder if we should simply educate the country, don't make a statement about anything, educate the country that it is, up until a couple of months ago, it was illegal to do research, not illegal, but not supported, to do research on gun control. Because although I completely agree with you, we need the money to generate the data. Well, again, it's something I wasn't aware, for, aware of, your statement, but my feeling on it was, since we've been leading this charge with data-driven practice management guidelines, we should be the one to get the data out there to those people. Uh, I've been talking with Dr. Christmas. He's having a, a bunch of questions generated. They're pulling all the, the data. And my hope is soon to have the white paper, if you will, about the data so then your injury prevention people can go to your local uh, administrators or your local congressmen or your local uh, government people and say, here's my organization. They're not saying how many bullets you should have in a gun. They're not saying what type of weapon you should own if you're legally. But they are saying that if you do have these type of things, here's the opportunity to increase the violence or injure somebody or more people. And use data, hard data, to bring out the, that, that, raise that bar and use it as excuse the pun, but ammunition for your outreach people to enact change. Because as president, if I go out and say, I've chosen not to own a handgun since I've had kids. I had one before that. I turned it in, chose not to. But how can I impart that on 1,600 members? I'd have a revolt mm -hmm. because those people who make that choice, obtain it legally, safely store it, and use it for non-illegal activities, why don't they have the opportunity to use it or own it? So that was my background in driving Dr. Christmas to um, get the data for us. I'm hoping in the next quarter he'll have the data and, and coming at the annual meeting in 2014, we may have that, that first snippet of research and hopefully get it into, in essence, a practice management guideline to say, here's the data and here's what East thinks about that data or here's what every member can use to make their own decision on gun ownership and how they want to direct their outreach or injury prevention coordinators to, to deal with the topic. Well, I mean, it's, it's clear that East is uh, continuing to grow and mature as a society, and uh, we continue to face significant challenges uh, related to maintaining the original founder's intent while also appealing to up-and-coming trauma surgeons and addressing these really ongoing challenges to our nation in terms of injury prevention and outreach. Uh, I want to thank Dr. Saygraves for taking the time to speak with us on the East uh, strate strate Strategic Goals and Direction. 
Uh, this concludes another edition of the East TraumaCast. For copyright information and disclaimers, please visit us at east.org. For the Eastern Association for the Surgery of Trauma, I'm Dr. Bob Axarani.